everyone. Welcome to Ozonomics, a podcast created for and by students in introductory economics classes at SUNY Oswego. In this series, we'll have discussions about various economic principles and how they apply to our day-to-day lives. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi, my name is Mallory Jennings, and in this economics podcast, we'll be discussing the dead weight loss of the holiday gift exchange process. With the holidays right around the corner, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's worried about having to find gifts for my parents, significant other, family, friends, co-workers, and we've all been there. It's a few days before Christmas, we're wandering through the store, we only got a little bit of time left and we need to find a gift for them, so we just pick up some scented soap we find in fuzzy socks and run to the cash out line, wait in line forever, and go on with our holiday experience. Now, if you're someone like me, you probably have a whole cupboard full of those scented soaps and a whole drawer full of fuzzy socks. This is just showing that the gift-giving process isn't effective. The National Retail Federation estimates that $721 billion are spent by Americans every year on the holidays. Now, that involves food, travel, decorations, and gifts. But on average, just on gifts, every American spends $638 just on their family, friends, and coworkers. And you might be saying, so what? Gift giving is fun and we only do it once a year. It's a tradition and you can't break that tradition. And even some economists will fight and say that in terms of macroeconomics, the holidays are really good because it increases our money circulation. It helps businesses. People are outputting money, especially local businesses, really benefit from the holidays because there's such a jump in their sale. Now, here's where the microeconomics come in. All the money that you're spending on these gifts isn't really being valued at that level. And that's where deadweight loss comes in. Deadweight loss in economics means that the market is not at equilibrium and supply and demand aren't matched. In terms of the holidays, this means I'm making choices of goods for others and it's not valued at the same. So something that's worth $50 to me and I pay $50 for, it might not be worth $50 to you and there's that loss there. So something to think about, if we're on average spending $638 on gifts for people, do you think that you're getting $638 worth of joy out of Christmas? Probably not. And you can probably think of something yourself that you'd much rather spend $638 on than the fuzzy socks and scented soaps that you got. Ultimately, we're taking the choice away from the consumer and not maximizing the utility. In economics, utility is the satisfaction a consumer gets from their choices. But without that choice, they're not getting as much satisfaction because it's not what they would have spent that money on. An economist, Joel Waldfogel, is considered to be the founder of the idea of deadweight loss of Christmas. He conducted several studies and on Yale undergraduates, and he found a tenth to a third of the value of holiday gifts is destroyed by gift-giving. One study that included 86 college students found that when spending an average of $438 on gifts, the receivers only valued them at $313. There's a significant loss between those two numbers there. And Waldfogel has been attacked by critics for being a Scrooge of the sorts, but he holds to his economic standpoints that the deadweight loss is a loss to one party that isn't made up for in another. So you might be thinking, well, it's the holidays, I have to give something, so what am I supposed to do? 
And there are solutions. One of the easiest and most simple is simply giving cash or gift cards to the person instead of a gift that they aren't going to value. This way they can buy what they want and maximize the dollar. You can also think about doing homemade gifts, which may be more valuable to them than the real cost, because if there's that sentimental attachment, they value it at a higher amount than what it costs to make it. Also, it's been found that you should really only get gifts for the people who you truly know well, for instance, your kids, your significant other, and your parents, because you know what they would really spend their money on and you can get them a gift that they'd value, where your coworker who you're in a secret Santa with and you don't really know all that well, you're going to be getting them one of those gifts that they don't really get the full value out of. We have this obligation to give to others even when you really know nothing about them. So for those types of people, they would benefit from just getting a gift card or cash. Now, a lot of people, though, don't like giving cash or gift cards because they feel it's impersonal and almost has an icky feeling to it. And Walt Fogel addresses the ickiness of cash in a PBS interview with Paul Solomon. He agrees it has an icky stereotype, but we are moving away from this stereotype with gift cards. People feel more comfortable with that, and it shows that we're making improvements in this. People are embarrassed if you know how much they spent on the gift. For instance, you know, I remember when I was little, my mom always telling me, make sure you scratch off the tag or peel off the sticker before you wrap the present because you don't want people to know how much you spent. But if we're spending high dollars here on our Christmas gifts, that average of $638, that's a lot of money at stake. And if you really want to maximize that and not take a huge risk with your money, the best bet is to give cash because you're not going to be having that loss. So I hope this holiday you can prioritize your spending, budget yourself a little bit, and really focus on giving gifts to the people that matter and not having all that deadweight loss on the gifts that don't matter as much. Thank you. There you have it, folks, on another edition of Ozonomics, where economics becomes easier for Swago students to understand where you get your money that you pay for your tuition's worth. If you feel like being ahead of the curve, grab a seat, grab your phone, shift your fingers left and right, and download Ozonomics on the podcast app. See you later. The introduction to this podcast was provided by Kate Soans and Gabriella Schaff. Michael Kalawali provided the outro. Music by Lobo Loco. Lobo Loco.